0: Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward, and this is Sweat, Grit, and Hustle. On this week's episode, I am absolutely delighted to bring to you someone I've known for probably about three or four years now. And this lady has mentored thousands of clients across five continents, both groups and individually. She's helped turn them into award-winning speakers, authors, business leaders, and is today regarded as one of the most productive speaker trainers in the world. It is the wonderful
1: Cheryl Chapman. Cheryl, how are you? I'm good, Tracy. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think we've probably known each other about five years now, only because of COVID. I think we missed probably, those two yeah. years. Yeah. Because um, I think we originally met... Um, at an event from another lovely woman called Judith Wright, didn't we? Um, we did event indeed, with, yeah. With the, uh, incredible Nikki Pattinson. I remember I was speaking on the stage with her at the same time.
0: Yeah, no, that was a good event. It was bloody cold that day, though, in the middle of the, the, the deep depths of Huddersfield. And there was a big, um, I think it was a big day long event, wasn't it, for women, for charity yeah so, it was yeah. like anar i think if i remember rightly, that's probably why it was a bit cold as well yeah. yeah it probably was yeah but no that was a good one i met a few people there but yeah since then i mean we we've done lots of things i've come along to one of your find your whys which i know you'll share the background and what that's all about and then of course i've spoken with you in the the last year or so around what we're both doing in business so so where did it all start, Cheryl? Because I know you've got a phenomenal story. Life was not always a
1: bed of roses for you, was it? No, uh, it wasn't. Although my business partner, Marion Bevington always says that you do need manure to make roses. So there was a, definitely a lot of manure going on there. Um, uh, yeah, if, a very brief potted history, if you like. But 10 years ago, I went to an event. Um, I'd gone to see the amazing Bob Proctor, uh, you know, Canadian guru, personal development. And if I'm honest, I thought personal development was a load of shite, quite frankly. Um, Hopefully I'm allowed to swear. Um, And... um, yeah that's cool all, all bars are off there but I went along because he was doing something called six minutes to success which I now know was just a way of getting me you know to get to know him see if I liked him uh, see if I would trust him and I got invited to this event in London so here I am you know schlepped down from the north which I wouldn't drive in London at the time so I parked my car in Peterborough and then caught the train down for the rest of the way from York <laughs> and uh, went to this old theatre that had been you know changed from a cinema or theatre in where speakers were and Bob was great uh, and, and I was really intrigued that every single question more or less like well no maybe not every single question but every other question was what do you do describe what your day is like Bob you know and in the end he said on one occasion he said well what can I say you know after about being asked this question 14 times he said what can I say I wake up I pee you know and I get on with my day and I put my hand up and I just said um can you get out of bed before you pee And the whole room just went really quiet. And you know, when you've ever been in a place where you're like, oh, I don't think they get the Northern Tumor (laughs) (laughs)
0: question. Not many people can get that.
1: So anyway, um, I went into the arena. I was on the f- on the front row, darling. You know, VIP. Oh my gosh, there's a story. Anyway, isn't it? Uh, full of self importance, I was, and the ego was as big as the bloody world. I get, I imagine. Um, and it wasn't Bob that really got my eye. It was this small guy called Andy Harrington, who walked on stage. Looks a little bit like Penfold, you know, from Danger Mouse. <laughs> um, although he wasn't wearing glasses in those days. And uh, it was it was it was quite bossy and a little bit, you know, real masculine. Energy and I was just like, whatever, not impressed. Um, and then he looked at me and he said, If you were to die tomorrow, who would mourn your loss? And I, I was joking with the girl I'd met next to me and I said, Oh, I've got about 43 friends on Facebook. What do you reckon? Um, and she was like, Wow, well, I've heard if it rains, nobody turns up. And seeing as you're from the north of England, it's probably going to be really quiet then, you know, we were laughing away. Um, and then he said, If that number is small, you led a life of small influence. Now, at the time, I didn't even really know what that meant, but the feeling in my body was like like a somersault in the stomach, and a, a like a big like I've been stabbed in the heart. It was just a real physical thing. I had no idea what was going on. My brain was like a bit blown with that. I mean, it's just a it's just a question, isn't it? But that led me to be thinking like, what am I doing here? Like, what is my life all about? Because at that time, you know, two of my friends that I spent a lot of time with was Gordon and Stella. And uh, one was, um, you know, broad shoulders and a white cap and make me feel quite chilled. And the other one was a bit more European and a bit feisty. And every night I'd go home, pull Gordon towards me, unscrew the white cap and the gin hit the bottom of the glass. And it was all very nice. Do you know what I mean? And I forgot about the world. Um, But unfortunately, that wasn't like a one-off. You know, that had become a bit of a threesome every night. Um, Husband worked away. Nobody knew about any of this. So at that stage, I think that sort of got me. I was of an age because I was 48. So it was a bit like, you know, heading through the midlife crisis, as people call it. And I think that's pretty much where I was. Um, Felt like I was at a crossroads. Didn't know what on earth was going on. Um, And so from that meeting... Um, with Andy of course money exchanged or should we say energy exchanged and suddenly I find myself at a public speakers university course and I do remember my husband saying to me are you sure you couldn't find a how to shut the course (laughs) because speaking wasn't something that I struggled with even if I was mainly on my own just me and then uh, life takes turns, doesn't it? And there I am, you know, five years later, I'm training for Andy, um, you know, helping people across the world, you know, um, on his system, uh, going around the world and actually getting on stage and selling his system at the time because obviously he can't be in, you know, uh, more than one place at the time because Zoom calls were not uh, sort of rife at that time. And I went to an event and someone said, oh, we really like what you're doing. Um, can you come back and speak about something different though? And I was like... Oh, I'll try. <laughs> like no idea, and at the same time, I had to open my own business, limited company. This is just the practicality of this inspirational talk here, because I didn't want to pay. Um, I didn't want to go and work for Andy in his office. You know, working as an employee, I'd kind of left that industry, and I wanted to stay. You know, as a contractor, I was a business owner, and that, if you like, is when Find Your Why was born. Because I was like, well, what can I teach people? I don't want to go head to head with him and start teaching, you know, speaker training away from him um, because I like his system and it's really worked for me. It's working for others. But I did notice specifically, I hate to say it, not always, but specifically women got stuck with the process because all the shit came up, didn't it? You know, oh, I've got to talk about myself. I've got to talk about my business. Will people listen to me? Imposter syndrome, procrastination, all the things that we have experienced and will continue to experience, hashtag just saying. Yeah. Um, I really felt I could help them because I, I was on that same journey. You know, I was like, who the hell's going to listen to me? By this stage, you know, I was like 53, you know, and it's like, I'm an old bird from Barnsley. Like, what, what's going off? No one's going to think I'm inspirational. And yet when I stopped, the minute I realized that, that that there was something in it was when somebody ran up to me at the end of a presentation and said to me, Oh my gosh, you're really inspirational. You're like, like I thought I was too old, too fat, and too ugly to do anything else in my life. But now I've met you, I know it's possible. <laughs> and I remember thinking I think that's a compliment. And this woman was then like really apologetic. She went, I mean you're real. I mean you're real and you swear and you're just you. Do you know what I mean? And I went, all right, okay, I'll take that. I'll take that and party. Thank you very much. Um so yeah, find your way I was born through that. And um yeah, I feel so blessed, so grateful. I mean, I used to think all of all of this stuff about, you know, finding your purpose and your why and manifestation and all this was just like a load of woo woo shit <laughs> Like for me. I was just like, whatever. If I'm sad, I'm sad. And if I'm happy, I'm happy. That's it. Let me have a drink and let's get over it. Um, and then six years ago, I gave up drinking and it really started to you know open up a different uh, different way of looking at life, really.
0: Yeah, it tends to, doesn't it? When you get rid of Gordon and Stella and take them out your friends list, it starts to have a different <laughs> life somehow. Um, yeah. So so I know when, one of the things that we did, so um, when you were speaking at the event with our friend Judith, it, it, a lot of it was about speaker training, but you were also at that stage bringing in the find your why. Yes. And the work you were doing around, you know, we're all we're here for something, Uh, And I think the one that resonated me is a common phrase, but it was the first time I'd heard it. I think you said it on stage that day was the two great days in your life are the day you were born and the the day you find out why. So, you know, you've probably had a lot of people coming through your doors, both with the Andy Arrington speaker stuff you do and you find your why. What percentage, rough idea of those people, because I know many of them are business people, what percentage do you think still have in the back of their mind? Am I good enough? Can I do this? Will people like me? You know, what's your take on how many people out there in business have
1: still got all that shit going on in their head? Yeah. Well, obviously, I can only speak from the people that I know. So, I mean, my rough estimate would be 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Just because even when, you know, you get – I mean, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about the, the Finding Your Why is any business owner, anybody who's got content or creating or, or helping and serving other people will always have mindset as part of their program because it is about, you know, like like using this in the right place. And, and within mindset, there will always be purpose. And I've never been to a course where anyone's gone, oh, yeah, I've done all this before and I'm sorted. And also the reason why I say 100% is because um, even if you thought you were sorted and then COVID kicked in, I guess that was slightly out of the awareness that you had for your life. So it's not that people are going around pretending that they're okay, although there is a little bit of that, nothing to see here. I've got my face on, nothing to see here, particularly uh, again with the ladies that I work with. Um, but it's just that um You know, things change in your life. So we've worked out that if you have a divorce, then that's definitely sending you down a different path and you might not feel so, you know, aware or in control. If there's a desertion, so, of course, it could be that you've got kids and they decide that they want to go to uni, you know, the emptiness syndrome. It could be that you've got a bit of a disappointment going on. So that could be, you know, in your own business or in in working for somebody else, you know, where something doesn't go to plan, you're not being recognised, you're not valued, whatever that is, and that might just show up. Um, Or a disaster, darling, (laughs) you know, that's the fourth D now. Any of those happen and you could easily become one of the 10 women in this country, well, actually it's 16% now of women who are on antidepressants. Now, if you're an antidepressant, like you're not living your why. Because your why, as we know, you know, when there's a dis-ease, when you're not at ease with yourself, then this is when you're feeling, you know, you, could, you can literally get a disease of the body or you your mind feels like it's at dis-ease with other people. And that can change any day. So we might not be the 16% today, but we might be one of them tomorrow because something might happen to us. Yeah. So it's definitely 100%. And that then leads to, you know, who do I think I am? Will anyone listen to me? Um but uh, but yeah, definitely we're here more than to just eat shit and die. That's absolute guaranteed.
0: Yeah, we are. I mean, we call it we call it living, doesn't it? And and you know, I can see on Cheryl's screen because we're recording this through Zoom. She's got her three favourite words up there: live, love, and laugh. I there are many people that aren't really living. They're alive, but to me, living and being alive are two different things completely. And, you know, it's and the other thing that often gets me, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this is some people will harp on about you have one purpose in life. That's it. Find out your one purpose, what you were put on this earth for and you're sorted. And I just think what a load of locks. because for me and I don't know about I can't speak for other people, obviously, but for other people I've met as well. Some of them are a little like me. Your purpose today will be different to your purpose tomorrow or in four years time. And if we look at your story so far, was it that you didn't have your purpose when you were friends with Gordon and Stella or was it just that you hadn't discovered what you wanted to be your purpose for the next year, the next month, the next decade? So what's your opinion on the purpose, the people's why? Is it one purpose, one why, and that's it. You put on this earth for one thing, or is it, no, your purpose and
1: why is going to vary and change with you? Uh, it's a really great question, Tracy, because it's both for me. <laughs> that sounds like I'm not sitting on the fence getting a spin you. <laughs> um, but what I mean by that is that the actual things that you do, I agree with you. You know, those can change. However, I have a slightly different take on the why. So the why I can tell anyone who's listening, you know, now your why is to be happy there we go. We're done. Right. But what does that really mean? You know, and does that mean that if you're not happy, you don't have a Y? Well, I don't think if you, if, if you, we can go slightly woo woo now and go before we came to this plane, you know, and we goes, I'm going to go out there this time. And I want to experience X, Y, and Z. I don't think, I don't think any of us would have said, I want to go there again. And this time I want to experience real misery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think you know, it's like I want to experience something, I want to feel something, and there on in is the key. Um, and it took me a while, even but even when I first wrote Find Your Why Are we Marion, you know, she was a little bit more attuned, she, you know, she'd been to India for six years and up Mount Pinker Picture or whatever, all that stuff that she'd done. But for me, I needed it to be tangible. So for me, it was what does it really mean? And, and actually, I started the journey, and there were some ups and some downs, as there are. But when I got to a place where I thought, you know what, this is freaking it! Like, I am so grateful for my life. You know, I'm living in a beautiful house, got a great husband. Don't spend a lot of time with him because he works away. That's ideal for us. You know, like everything was just brilliant. The business was great. I was helping people. Health was good. And then I was like, well, how do I know? How do I know that this is the best it could be? And so I started to look at um, uh, into Doctor Joe Dispenza and his work, fascinating work, and then also realized that if you're happy, that's a feeling, right? So, but what is happy to you? Because what's happy to you, Tracy, is different to me and, you know, each of the the people who are listening. And so now I teach people how to find their why feeling because when you've got your why feeling, then you know you're on the right track. I remember once having an orgasm. I know it's probably too early. (laughs) In that moment, without going into too much detail and ringing the tone down too, too much, I do remember, this is years ago, thinking, this is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is, that, that is really what it is. You know, how do you want to feel? Because here's the thing. And again, you know, Marion, a great teacher for me, she used to say to me, what do you want to do? And I go, I really want to help people. she go, but why? And i go, because I do, because I like helping people. That's what I do, you know, just like being generous and blah, blah, blah. And she went, but why? But why? Well, anyway, we got there in the end, didn't we? Because it was because I wanted to feel good. Yeah. So just like you want to help people because you want a feeling. So it's all to do with this feeling. So when you know your why feeling, what's brilliant is that you can say, one, you can bring the why feeling on just by being, even if you're in a miserable place, you can change it, of course. But it also helps you to know what to say yes to and what to say no to without feeling guilty. Oh, <laughs> because oh. it's brilliant. Because you just because my wife is in is a ready brick glow, so it's outside of me. It's like that little advert we used to have when we were kids for the porridge, and it is. And like even now, I mean, I'm I'm feeling a bit warm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So I feel a bit of a warm feeling because I'm loving doing what I'm doing and, you know, chatting with you and, and hopefully helping people. Um, however, if somebody asked me to, um, you know, to do something that didn't light me up, that didn't give me this why feeling, I've had it a few times. It feels like a blue slush puppy, like it's cold, I'm frozen, I don't want to do it. And all I have to say now is I say, thank you so much for the offer, but I'm just not feeling it.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's quite it's quite refreshing because I, I've had, probably from some of the work I've done with you and, and Marion, but I've had this sense of, you know, we get asked what our why is, we get asked what our purpose is. And it, it's not a description in the sense of, oh, well, my why is to come on this planet and, you know, feed fishes and that to the 5,000 and turn water into wine. It, it is about that emotion you get when you are doing things and achieving things that give you your happy. Yeah. And I love yeah. the fact that that's how you've described it. Cause it reminds me a bit of the, uh, there was one of the episodes of Friends years ago. And it was, a, it was for Phoebe. She'd got to go and do kindless, uh, kind acts, but in a selfless manner. And she said, well, that's easy. Cause I am not selfish. But when they interpreted everything she'd done, it all came back to you did that for a selfish reason because what you got from it was you feeling great because you gave a lottery ticket to somebody and it won. That made you feel good. Therefore, it's not selfless. So we don't do random acts of kindness. We do selfish, selfish acts of kindness that give us our ready-break feeling or in my case, my warm orange sun. That's when I know I've hit on something that makes me joyful. I feel like I've got the sun inside me and I'm mm-hmm. sat just grabbing all of its heat. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've done some other stuff together. And I know following your Find Your Why that you did with Marion that you've still got going on, you've then moved on to this rapid transformation That's thing. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And we we did a session on this, which helped me massively understand why sometimes I go out of my warm orange sun, my ready-break feeling into that blue slush puppy, you know, that mm. really heavy, dark feeling. And it boiled down to an event in my life many years ago, which in the space of about, what, 40 minutes... Mm you helped me find out what that was. So now I have another phrase when I know I'm joyful about something and that is, I can buy my own bloody lollipop. Thank you. So <laughs> tell us a little bit more about how, you know, does the rapid transformation work fit with the find you wire? Have you got two different sides of your business now running? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and it was great. I mean, and what I love about this, you know, and you know, you know, when you can just help somebody and it's just something in essence that's really simple, but that has like potentially held them back for ages, you know. Again, like, you know, I'm like sweating like i don't know what because it's like a great feeling then just to me to be able to help somebody. Um, you know, and Tracy, you're a classic example because some some people come to me and say, But I'm a coach, so like why would I come and work with you? And I'm like, to be fair, I could be the world's best appendix remover. But if I'm removing my own, it's it's very messy and very painful. So you know, we have to put people in, you know like I've got um I've got some people coming to work with me for two days tomorrow uh, and the day after. they're actually coming to my home and staying here because I know I need to upgrade. I know I need to you know, I've got stuff that I can't see the wood for the trees because I'm in the forest, but it's easy to do for somebody else or definitely easier. So rapid transformational therapy, something that I learned um about three years ago with the lovely Marissa Pia, incredible Marissa Pia, And it's a hybrid of a number of, 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 um, of uh, techniques, if you like, methods, um, and also like a lot of just like Marissa's sprinkle, sprinkler magic dust, if you like. And it allows us to very quickly find out what might be holding somebody back. In one particular area at a time, so it's not like you know. Can you tell me what the lottery numbers are? We can't do that, but we can go. Why is it that every time this happens? So, for example, I'd got this situation where every time someone said to me, "Um, "That's not right," like I would get itchy and well, itchy and scratchy like a bear. Do you know what I mean? And I'd go all a bit a bit feral uh, by like saying a a comment just to like you know like push somebody away or something. Um, and I realised I'm really, really blessed. My mum and dad are still alive. My dad's 81 this week. My mum's 80. And I said to my mum, when I was a kid, because we did a little bit of work, you know, like around the RTT when I was training, and it was like um, something to do with when I was two or three, and something to do with the doctors. So I said to my mum, you know, can you remember when I was two? She went, Oh, yes, I remember. My mother, by the way, is a working woman, not a mother-mother, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, I remember. She said, you had tonsillitis. And I had to leave work and take you to have your tonsils looked at. And I remember when when the doctor looked at me, he went, oh, they're not right. I oh my gosh, like the minute my mum said it, I could see that scene and everything again. And what happened after that was I was taken to the local hospital. There was no children's ward um, available. There was only two, 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 two beds in the children's ward in Fleetwood. And so I was in with the adults and I was left on my own. My mum went back to work. And so... <laughs> And so I was there all night. And I remember a guy shuffling his way, like probably to go to the loo or something. I was petrified as two. So now when my mind heard, that's not right, immediately the two year old, if you like, that the, the essence of child that's still two inside of her goes, no! you know, we're going to be taken away. So I have to just, you know, know about that and go, when I hear that, I can now rephrase it like you're doing yeah. with the lollipop. Um, And the thing is, it is rapid. You don't have to come and sit on a couch for like three and a half years, you know, talking about what's going on. We just get to what it is. And we can't change it, of course, but we just change the meaning like we did with you with the lollipop, yeah? Um, And so it's great. Interestingly enough, we use this in Find Your Why because with Find Your Why, there's awareness. Who are you? Why are you really here on this planet, if you like? Big why. Then there is awareness of why you are where you are. So what are the triggers for you what makes you itchy and scratchy what's stopping you getting out there you know all of these questions that we've got that comes under awareness and so I'm using the RTT as part of that process as well and then we have intention and manifest of course those are the other two parts and but interestingly enough I do a lot of RTT work with men on a one-to-one basis or women who are busy like you know you you were busy so it's like I've got a problem let's get to it so those what they would call in disc profiles, the Ds, <laughs> you know, the decision makers, I want to get on with it. I do a lot of RTT with them. So uh, long way around, but to answer your question, I use it in both, both ways, really, as part of the wine finding and also as part of a one-to-one session. Brilliant. So I know in
0: recent um, years with the find your wine and the RTT, you You still you're doing speaker training, but you're doing a lot of that now under your own banner, not just under Andy's banner. Um, So what's what's changed from when you started off with Andy, where you started getting into business by working freelance, somebody else. And now you've moved it to basically having your own business. Are you still doing the other stuff with Andy or are you now solely working on your own businesses
1: yeah, no, I'm still working with Andy because as a contractor, um, you know, that's where most of my clients I find, you know, because they get to know, like, and trust me while I'm teaching them with his system. But then what happens is when the shit shows up for them, I can say, you know, if you want some additional help here, like, this is what I'm doing. Um, or they might want to just join the group and see how I've built my business. You know, it's a lifestyle business to find your why. You know, it's not a multi million pound business. It never set out to be like that. Um, you know, I'm nearly 60 and I'm not planning on dying anytime soon. But, you know, there's a time when I want to just like perhaps not do too much. Um, and I like to pot about in my garden. You know, I'm thinking of getting a dog. You know, it's all these things. I don't want to go out and take over world domination. I'll leave that for people who are younger and more hungry for that. But I do love what what I'm doing. And so what happened as a natural progression with the Find Your Why. I had some ladies who came to me who were, like, not investing in themselves, uh, didn't value themselves, didn't know if anybody would listen to them. So then they started to say to me, well, can you teach me how to put a presentation together? not necessarily an Andy presentation, but, you know, not selling, because that's what Andy does, uh, selling from stage, but a presentation that they could do at work or in front of a crowd. And then what happened was I, I suddenly thought, oh, I'll apply for TED Talks, because obviously TED Talks are really like renowned in the industry, aren't they, as you know, being like the Holy Grail, I yeah. suppose, or yeah. a little badge of honour or whatever you want to call it. So I thought, well, I'll do that. I'll do a TED Talk, and I'll get a few, few of the wise women to do it. Um, Hashtag #hashtag to to self. Make sure you read the instructions because (laughs) as the the organizer, I couldn't do a TED talk myself. And I did at one stage think, "Can I be bothered?" I thought, "Of course, you can be bothered because you want to feel the joy. You know, you want to feel happy, and I can still do that by helping others." So, twenty women did did the TED, Um, and I uh, allowed a lady to come on stage who was part of the Wise Community. And she wanted to talk about minerals and how that could help you healthily. So she has done her TED Talk and it is on the TEDx site. um, But they pretty much, you know, wrapped my knuckles for not having somebody who had independently adjudicated, um, you know, like this, this is true sort of thing. So it was slightly on the edge of woo-woo, as I say. Ah. And then I thought, well, hang on a minute. I've got loads of people in my community who don't necessarily want to do a TED talk anyway. And it's not about technology, education or design, but it is about stuff that can really help other people. Um, so I introduced the Live, Love, Laugh Lives. But I took all the, because uh, I watched thousands of TED videos, like, I mean, honestly, because I work out a system. That's what I've done for Andy. I've systemized his business in terms of training other people um, and training coaches to learn his business coaching side if you like so I thought well I'll do this this side but I'll do it for the TED so Andy's about um, you know being a business owner and selling your products and services and mine is about you know just sharing your why really sharing your feelings sharing what you love doing for those people who would never get on TED stages um, but want to reach a wider audience Um, and so I, on some cases I help them with that. So they don't have to use notes. They don't have to be under pressure. Um, and in other cases, you know, I'm not so rigid on that. I just want them to enjoy the experience, but then I'll interview them. So they get some nice positioning as well. Um, and then they go into a book, um, which actually is it.
0: That's the wise word, be seen, be heard, be you, which is, um, how many books is that you've done now? Because I know
1: you've got the Find Your Why book, haven't you? So this is volume two. So I've got two um, Be Seen, Be Heard, Be You books. I've got the Find Your Why, obviously. The very first book I ever wrote was called The Devil, The Angel and You. And um, it is no longer available to purchase.
0: Oh, <laughs> why is that? that, that, that well, it, now we all want it because it's not available. We all
1: want it. yeah. Um, I might go back to that one. I, I would say, now having having no children, this probably is going to sound really awful, but I would say I imagine if I had children, that even though I'm sure I would love all of them, there might be one that's a bit uglier than the others and I might not put it at the front of the picture. <laughs> um, but I am working on a book called From Vibrators to Vibrations. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, or, or from good, from vibrators to good vibrations, I haven't decided yet. Because obviously I used to be an Anne rep, so yeah. I've, I've been putting a smile on people's faces in many different ways <laughs> without even doing it. <laughs> they still got Ansumers reps out there
0: then, are people still running businesses, going around and doing parties? You know, that's
1: I, I really don't. I, yeah, I don't know. I imagine, for, I think you've got to with that type of party. I mean, I'm sure they went on to Zoom, you know, and group group calls and stuff like that. But there's nothing more than a cackling, you know, or a gaggle of women on a, on a Friday night getting drunk on Lambe, Lambrini or whatever I used to experience, um, you know, in a room rather than uh, on Zoom. On Zoom, yeah. I remember a few weeks ago, just before Christmas,
0: we'll, we'll go around Cambridge with some friends and... You know, at like most sort of you know shopping malls in the UK these days, Amazon has now has a presence. Okay. So we walked into the shop as you do, you know, three ladies. Let's have a giggle. Um, and it was like we were pounced upon within about thirty seconds by literally <laughs> this lady who came up. And The guys were getting pounced on as well. It wasn't just the women, but this lady would come if you walked anywhere near the toys area. She'd come up, hi. I'm the resident sexpert. What can I help you with today? And I'm like, beam me mm-hmm. up, Scotty. Just get me out of here. <laughs> there are some things that are great in your own home, but it's like, you know, do I really want to be pounced upon in a store yeah. to find out what I'm looking for in toys? Um, there's like 60 other people in this shop. I don't think so. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit a bit of a funny experience, that one. But again, that probably comes back from something that's happened Yes. In, in my past, you know, because there were guys walking in there quite happily telling her what they wanted for their girlfriends. Can you get me something that I can give her for Christmas that will do this, 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 and this?
1: They're <laughs> very particular. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But anyway, I think that, Yeah. When these things show up, I mean it's really, you know, where's it stopping you in your life where it might be more than... <laughs> No, well, maybe that wasn't
0: to I don't know. But yeah. I, I hope did I didn't stop yeah. in embarrassing myself in the middle of a, an someone's <laughs> shop in Cambridge, but there you go. So, you know, some of our listeners, they, they might be considering starting a business. They might have already started but not got very far. So the things that you've done around finding your why, getting up and speaking, promoting yourself – what are the, a couple of nuggets you can share with them to consider as they start to promote their new businesses or their growing businesses?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you you know, even if you've got a small business, you've got a vision for your business. You know, you know who your clients are going to be. If you don't, then you need to know who your clients are going to be. So you can teach, you know, if you can speak to them in in the same language as them, you know, no point me putting my videos out in front of a load of builders, unless, of course, maybe RTT comes in. Whereas, you know, women of a certain age are my target audience so I know I know them I you know I'm, I'm, I've been one I am one actually I'm, I'm too old to come on my course now can you believe it <laughs> uh, so but I know the language so definitely make sure you're meeting your client with the same language that they speak on a day-to-day basis and make sure you meet them where they're at you know we are both you know um, you know have been in this space for a long time so words like oh it triggered me you know, we know what that means. Yeah. Now, if you do not know what that means and you're listening to this podcast going, what well, is this something to do with Only Fools and Horses? I thought he was dead, you know, or is it to do with a gun? Well, no, you know, so I've got to make sure that when I'm speaking to my clients that, you know, I'm meeting them at the, where they are. So, go. you know, so, for example, if something feels itchy and scratchy and you feel like you want to like have a fight with somebody or you feel like you want to run away from them, this is called fight or flight, or sometimes you just don't know what on earth to do, and that's called freeze, and that can be what we call a trigger. You see, you got to say it, otherwise you're speaking. In, I often say in business, you know, I remember uh, working for Sainsbury's, and within two two weeks, I think I got an encyclopedia of of corporate speak, if you like. You yeah. Know, um, DSAs and and, um, HR and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And we still do this when we have our smaller businesses as well. So meet your client where they're at, speak their language. And the second bit, of course, is make sure you've got a mission statement for you. Make sure you've got your, you know, vision statement for you as a person. You know, how are you going to get your why feeling? What is your why feeling? Because that will guide you and help you and support you, you know, through the journey, Um, you know, which is, you know, it's a roller coaster, let's be honest. Um, You know, it's got great highs and sometimes some lows, but it'll just help you to balance those out a little bit. Um, And the other thing that I would say is, and this is just not really what you can do, but just, potentially have this at the back of your mind you know on those days when you go why the hell am I doing this is it all worth it does anybody actually care am I trying to flog a dead horse you know all of these things that can come up to you is to just think about if you didn't do what you did who would suffer um I I was uh, away at the weekend um with one of the wise uh, women and um we were chatting away and she just said this like in in sort of like just brush it, brushed off conversation. She said, oh, I was talking to this other lady who's in the wise community. She said, and we were both saying um, how very different our lives would be if we hadn't have met you, Cheryl. And I said, oh, here we go. Why, what have I done wrong now? Do you know what I mean? Or like just trying to joke about it. And she said, Cheryl, she said, we we actually said, we don't even know if we'd still be alive. Wow. Like I was like, I mean, I can tear up quite, quite easily now. Do you know what I mean? With that thought, because... When you've got those moments of doubt and those moments of, you know, do people, you know, really want what I've got or do people really care? And and the, and the problem is, and you know this, you know, sometimes I get a little bit like, like cut cut with it you know well you know if you've done that I'd have been able to help you do you know what I mean and and it's because it's coming from a place of love but I come from a place of desperation then because I think I know I can help you and I want to help you and I don't know what else to say because I've tried to mollycoddle you and I've tried I've tried all these different ways so you can get frustrated can't you with your own business yeah and then I get frustrated with myself for like trying to push stuff do you know what I mean and I go no my design, because there's five different designs in the world, is that I have to wait for the invitation. And I have to learn that, and there's still times when I forget about that, so it's a journey. But in those moments where I could beat myself up or, you know, and, you know, get angry with myself, I just go, like, if there's one person out there who needs me right now, I, I'm keeping going because I know that that's going to make me feel – it made me feel sad, but it also, of course, gave me immense joy to hear those words. Um yeah and so just really keep that in mind who needs what you've got and just keep going because you'll find them and they'll find you. Yeah.
0: And that's- so I know there's a, there's a friend of mine that's just starting her new business and her one of her biggest let's say worries because it's not a fear it's not a worry it's not a concern it's a sort of a mixture of them. Um, something that gives her a blue slush puppy feeling, let's say, is how do I stand up at networking and speak? So do you have any tips from your experience for new people in business? They're going to go out networking. They've got to do like a 60 second or a two minute speak. What's the best way for them to actually get into a position where they're okay about doing
1: that? Yeah. Okay. So um, first of all, when you stand up, clench your buttock cheeks together. <laughs> Um, And the reason why I say that is because with the nervous energy that you've got, the energy that wants to just leg it out the door um, is because, you know, obviously there's a bit of fear there. So clench your buttocks together and then your body feels like it's grounded. So it's okay; You won't be shaking, you know, so much. Um, And then the next bit is to start the presentation with a question. Um, To the audience, you know, so it might be, you know, um, uh, have you ever wondered why? So I might say, have you ever wondered why some people can speak with ease whilst other people want to crawl out of the room on their knees? Uh, You know, for the last 10 years, I've been doing this and I help people to be able to speak with confidence and to share their business so that they can change the lives of the clients that they know, that they love. And so it's very, 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 you know, short, isn't it? 90 seconds. It's like, ask them a question that they'll go yes to. And if they don't go yes to, that's okay as well, because they're not your clients. So, it, you know, you're speaking to your client again. It will be something that they, you know, would have been asking themselves, you know, like, why do why, why can't somebody speak like dead easy and I can't do it? You know, so that's relevant to them. And then you can say for the past, you know, 10 years I've been working with entrepreneurs, you know, employees, employers, and helping them to speak so that they can connect with their audience with confidence, you know, or whatever that is that they want to get from you that you know that you can help them with and then you can say you know my name is Charles chapman i'm going to be here all day of course and if you'd like to find out more about speaking with ease and with confidence then please come and have a chat with me so you always leave them with a something to do you know come and have a chat with me here's my bit you know if you like my business card come and get my business whatever that is it's a what we would call in the industry a call to action of course yeah. this is what i want you to do next if you're interested in me um And that's it really, you know, question that they that they will relate to Uh, a little bit of background of like who you help very quickly with what and then what do you want me to What do you want them to do next? That is like, of course, remembering plenty of buttocks first to ground yourself. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly.
0: I love that. that is brilliant. Um, it's always great when you're you speaking to a fellow Yorkshire person, you know, the, the biggest county in England, apparently, um, although they did split it into lots of smaller ones. But anyway, it's really good because you get this sense of almost like the ready break feeling. It's yeah. They're prepared to be down to earth, I guess. I'm guessing a lot of Yorkshire folks I know are pretty much down to earth. But there you go. So, Cheryl, that has been really amazing. I I know you're working heavily on people wanting to learn to speak. So if you're wanting to learn to speak, then, you know, Cheryl is regarded as one of the most productive speaker trainers in the world. How do people get hold of you, Um,
1: Cheryl? How can they connect with you? Yeah, the best way to connect, really, is just by sending an email. You know, I am down to earth. I haven't got, you know, like millions of followers, you know, so let's just have a conversation. So it's Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Chapman, C-H-A-P-M-A-N.com. Um, and the reason why I say Cheryl is because if it, if it said Cheryl, I'd be Cheryl Chapman. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> quite sound. But my mother does call me Cheryl. Uh, so, yes, Cheryl at Cheryl-chapman.com.
0: Cheryl-chapman.com. We will get that in the show notes for you. So, that will be in the notes, folks. So, as we finish, I'm going to do my little quick fire round. And, and my first quick fire question comes from what I can see behind you um, on the mantelpiece of your living room: live, love, laugh. So, given that we would all you know, we're here to live, ideally. Love or laugh,
1: which one dominates for you and why? Uh, love. <laughs> Although I laugh in a slightly different way. It's an odd one, isn't it? Love just because I think that, you know, it sounds so cliche, love makes the world go round. Ugh, you know, I just want to be sick when I say, hear myself say that. But it's true, you know. Um, I can I can love with the people that I really... I'm close to family I'm loving, um, you know, husband I'm loving, my community I'm loving. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 that really gives me a ready-break glow. The way I do that, of course, is through humour most of the time. So that's how I get to say both of them. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not sure if I class that as cheating, but I'll let you have that one. <laughs> so here you go. Here's a bit of a risque one, given that you were an Anne Summers rep at one stage. Toys or clothing? Toys. <laughs> I'm not going to ask why. That would be too <laughs> much information. Um, so what's the most extravagant thing you've ever bought? Uh, my home
1: that I'm sitting in now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, other than your home, what's the next most extravagant purchase you've ever done?
1: Oh, and then I go to cars, but you're not really looking for so, Oh, it'll be this
0: picture here. So behind Cheryl, um, she's got a beautiful piece of
1: artwork
0: of a rose.
1: I think it is, isn't it? Rose, and it's got um, um, uh, diamond flakes and diamond crystals on it. And, oh. um, the actual um, piece of art is called Passion. Brilliant. Mm. Um, the world in the
0: last... Two years, I can't believe it's nearly two years. Well, it is two years since the crisis hit the world, it's nearly two years since the UK went into its own little lock in. So, the world's changed. If you could change something about the world right now, what
1: would it be and why? This might be a bit deep. I would, I would change. The fact that some people can't see the truth. And why is that? How would that benefit? Because I think that at the moment, the world, not the world, well, yes, many areas of the world are in fear still. And if only people can really understand, and this took me a while, you know, so like ask me how I know about this, that actually fear isn't real it's not here it's not it's only anything that's going to happen in the future or it's only ever something that's happened in the past it just isn't in the moment and one of our lovely wise women Anita uh, shared a poem with us the other day I can't remember the poem but it basically said that your heart um, it said my heart and my my heart and my head divorced and then it talks about how one blames the other all the time, you know, oh, you did this and you're to blame for this and, oh, I can't. And then the heart goes to, oh, I feel real lost after, you know, losing this person or whatever. And actually where you should live is live in your lungs because that's your breath in and out right now. And I think we forget about that a lot, of, all the time. I mean, you know, I forget about it as well, but I, at least I now know that I can come back. the breathing of the right now where you can live love and you can laugh in the moment despite what is going on around you or being portrayed around you just that ability to be able to kind of like lift the veil and go actually i'm in control of what goes on with me i don't need to fear everything
0: right here right now this moment i did a i did one of my content podcasts a couple of weeks ago now around what I'd learned from the book and film I'd been watching, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior with Dan Millman. And one of the key themes that I took from, from that movie, and I'm partway, I'm nearly finished actually on the book now, but it mm-hmm. was that there is only one moment and it is this moment right now. So I love that expression, live in your lungs, not your heart, not your head, because right now, is this breath and this moment that counts. I love that. Brilliant. Thank you, Cheryl. Cheryl,
1: got to do it with the, with the CA. No, you're all right. It's no, it's no pressure. <laughs> just, I just thought you might have thought I was being a bit weird by the oh. being... Um, Yeah, it was a beautiful um, piece that she shared with us. Um, If, if I could remember. That's if I, if all right. I, if if you sure. don't
0: mind asking her, we'll get it in the show notes. If, it, if it's out like there, we'll get a link to it put in there. And my last question that I ask all my inspirational guests is sweat, grit, or hustle. Which one resonates with you and why? Grit for me.
1: And the reason for that is that, like, yeah, of course, it's going to be sweaty, especially if you've got a regular glow. Um, And, yes, sometimes you have to hustle. But I think it really is the grit because, for me, grit is raw and it's real and it's you know, it just is. And it's who you are, you know, that's how that feels to me. Yeah. Brilliant. Cheryl,
0: it has been an absolute pleasure as always. It always is when I get to talk to you. Um, You've done some phenomenal things and I know from experience, you've got an awful lot to give people out there in this world. So we wish you most wishes for that. Uh, Listeners, we will be back next week as always. without the lovely Cheryl Um, so we will see you on the flip side thanks for listening in to keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on sweat grit and hustle do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com